Praise God. Go with me to the book of Matthew and chapter chapter 2. Uh, I believe some of you, many of you have probably heard me preach and teach from here. From Matthew chapter 2. Like I said, everything I will preach today is going to be about, about Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, what I mean by that is about the, the, the season that we are in. Uh, the week of Christmas is what we've come into. Matthew chapter 2. Let's read from verse 1. It says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Everyone say wise men. Notice, wise men came. And I heard someone say, wise men are still seeking Jesus. Wise men are still seeking Jesus. Wise men came, but where did they come from? Notice they came from the east. The east here is Iran. I want to say Iran. Americans say Iran. It's, it's Iran. Uh, <laughs> they came from the east. They came from Iran. And they came to Jerusalem saying... Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come that we might worship him. I want you to take note of what they came to do. They came to worship. They came to do what? They came to worship. Now, these men had revelation. I'm not going to be able to present this message without emphasizing that these men had revelation. That was a revelation. Revelation, it's an understanding of what you're dealing with. Revelation is an understanding of whom you're dealing with. That is very important. Revelation is when your eyes are open to understand what God's doing. you get that? These men came all the way from the east. They came to Jerusalem. Notice the distance these men had to travel. I mean, I have heard of the birth of babies. Since I became an adult and I visited several people who give birth. I did. But I have never... Never traveled from one city to another. Or from one nation to another to see a woman who just delivered a baby. And if I would ever do that. It means that that person must mean a lot to me. You get what I'm trying to say? If I would do that, that person must mean a lot to me. I don't just embark on a journey to visit a woman who just had a baby when I had absolutely nothing to do with her. Do you get my point now? There must be something I know about this person. There must be an understanding. There must be a revelation that I have about this person. There must be something that's special 
There must be something that's unique about this person that will cause me to leave everything behind and embark on a journey. That was a revelation. It's important that I emphasize that because if you notice, these men came all the way from Iran, from the east, and they traveled on the back of donkeys or camels, and they had to travel for months. Now understand when we put things in perspective, back in the day, they did not have vehicles, no cars, they did not have an aeroplane. I mean, today, you want to travel from here to a country in Europe, you travel approximately in three and a half hours on the plane. Is that right? You want to travel to some of the countries in Africa, Nigeria to be particular, from here, you travel for six hours on the plane. I was just having a conversation with a Turkish man a few days ago who was asking me where I came from, and I told him I'm from Nigeria, and he was asking, how do you travel? To, to, to I said, you travel on a plane. And, and, and he said, can I go with a car? He asked me. Well, I said, you can try. <laughs> I mean, what else, what else should I say? You, you can try. <laughs> you want to go to the U.S., depending on the state, of course. In some case, it's approximately 12, 13 hours. Is that correct? On a plane, though. Because today, you can actually move from one continent to another continent in a day. Is that true? But understand, that's what I'm saying. You've got to put things in perspective. Back in the day, they had no planes. They had no cars. And so these men had to travel from Iran to Jerusalem for months. In, a, in actual fact, approximately three months. Mm. So the question is... What was it they understood about this baby? What was it they understood? What revelation did they have about this baby that's just been born? There must be something that has happened to them. When they first saw his star. There must be an understanding they got. When they saw his star. That would make them leave everything behind and travel on this treacherous journey seeking for this child. So I want to say it again. Wise people are still seeking Jesus. Come on now. That's a good place to say amen. amen. Wise people are still in search. Are still seeking Jesus. Wise people are still worshiping Jesus. Now one thing I also want you to see here is the Bible says they came to worship. They came to do what? They came to worship. Now, you know the word worship comes from the word to give worth. Worth-ship. Um, the, the Nigerian, uh, in a sense, the Nigerian law system was taken from the British law system. Where when you go to the court, you tell the, the judge... Your, your lordship or your worship. You, you, you have that honor and respect for the man. Your worship or your lordship. You giving worth. You acknowledging the worth of the person. The word worship comes from there. To give worth. So these men, these men, one say these men. Now by the way, let me shoot one religious teaching. They were not three in number. Because some of you have heard, like I did, that there were three wise men. 
Now, there is nowhere in the Bible where the Bible told us that these men were three. I know some of you have heard this before. Maybe some of you haven't. But we know how we were raised to believe that there were three wise men. But nowhere does the Bible say these men were three in number. But I'm, I'm going to show you eventually as we read the story why people said or why people thought that there were three of them. Okay? But nowhere does the Bible tell us that three wise men or the three magi came to worship Jesus. But understand that these men had revelation. They had revelation of who Jesus was. And it's very important on this day and it's important this week as we celebrate the birth of Jesus that each of us must have revelation of whom we are worshiping. It, it is sad because Christmas has been made out in a sense to look like a secular celebration. But in actual fact, it is not a secular celebration. It is a celebration of the birth of the Son of God. Come on now, say amen. amen. I mean, even the commercialization that happens in this season, it's wild. It's crazy. Because now you have to buy a Christmas tree. You have to buy a new dress. You have to put on red. You have to put on the colors of Christmas. And all of these are nothing but man-made stuff. Are you listening to me? Now, I'm not kicking against them. I'm not saying you can't put on red. I'm not saying you can't put on your Christmas tree. But it's important to understand the reason for the season is Jesus Christ. Come on now, say amen. It's not about Santa Claus. It's not about a Christmas tree. It's not about the star that's up there. It's not about the red you're wearing. It's not about the white. You, it is about Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, that was given to the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son to condemn the world, but that the world through His Son might be saved. Can someone give Him praise and glory in the house this morning? So we keep reading. These men came to worship. Now, like I said, I've also been to homes where people give birth. I've visited some of you when you give birth or you brought your kids here and I dedicated them to the Lord. I did not bow before any of them. I did not worship any of the kids that was born here. Have you ever gone to a baby's dedication and you bow to worship the baby? No, you, you don't do that. So it's important that these men had a revelation of the baby that's just been born. That was a revelation. This is so important. So the Bible said they came to worship. And look at verse 3. It says, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem was troubled with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor or a ruler that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had 
privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Now, Herod was worried because he heard a king has just been born. And now he says to the wise men, go and find out this child. Come back to me with word that I also will come worship him. Do you think he wanted to worship him? Oh, of course not. The man was lying through his teeth. He was not planning to worship Jesus. He was planning to kill him. He wasn't planning to worship Jesus. Herod was a stupid king. He was not wise. Wise men. Listen, it's important to understand. Listen to something else I need you to know. Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah. Right under the nose of the people of the land. Yet, many were oblivious. Men came all the way from Iran. To worship a baby that's born in your country. Isn't it sad? Jesus even made a statement that is profound. He said, on the day in my father's kingdom, many shall come from other nations. And the children, or those who thought to themselves, we belong, we own this thing. They shall be outside. The fact that you sit here today is not a guarantee. No, I need you to notice. The fact that you sit here today, you come to church every Sunday, it's no guarantee. If you don't have a revelation of who Jesus is, you won't worship him. You can be a church goer. You can come here Sunday in and Sunday out and year in and year out. You can even be in a choir. You can even be one of the ushers. Listen, it don't matter. It does not matter. What matters is when you have a revelation of the person that we are talking about. Because it is the revelation of Jesus that puts the fear of God in you. It's a revelation of Jesus that will cause you to worship him in spirit and truth. It's a revelation of Jesus that will cause you to worship Jesus when no one is watching. Come on now, say amen. amen. No, it's not about being in a church. Think about the Israelites. This was happening right under their nose. Yet they had no idea of what was going on. And a star appeared to men who were studying the word. To men who wanted to know what was about to happen. What was in God's agenda. And they had to come all the way from a foreign land. Come to your own nation. And they had to, in a sense, blow the trumpet. That a king has just been born. And the king that was a puppet king. I believe I'll be able to say that again in my next message. This guy, Herod, was a puppet king. He was placed there by Rome. He was just a puppet king and controlled. He was not a true king. But he still wanted to what? Protect his throne. Jesus did not come to fight with you. Jesus did not come to knock you off of your throne. Before you were born, he was a king already. I said, before you were born, before you knew anything, he was a king. He was a king from eternity past. He was always a king. 
He is not coming to fight with you. He's coming to set you free. You think you are something. You're nobody. You think you have a throne. You've got nothing. You are under the thumb of Caesar. You are nothing. And, and here comes your Savior. Here comes your Deliverer. And the one that's come to save and deliver you is the one you want to kill. Is it not interesting? Is it not interesting? That the people you need in your life are the people you talk against. The people you need in your life are the people you are fighting. The because you have no revelation. Come on now, say amen. amen. The people that, are, that God has sent into your life to bless you and to help you are the people that you are fighting the most. Because you're, you are blind. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the person sitting beside you. <laughs> Look, Jesus, Jesus is not coming to fight with you, Herod. Jesus is not coming to take your throne from you. Jesus is king. He is king of kings and lord of lords. Do you even know where he's coming from? The creator of the whole world. Coming to fight with, with you over your little small throne. That was handed to you by Caesar. So that you do their bidding. You are a puppet. You are controlled. You are nobody. You should humble yourself and worship this king. Come on now, say amen. amen. No. Say, bring me word. I want to worship him. You're not going to worship him, you liar. I said this, when, when was that? Was it Wednesday? Be careful the people you tell your secrets to. Oh. Be careful. Be careful the people you tell the, the vision to. Be careful. Some of you, you run your mouth, and when you open your mouth, the devil understands what God told you in privacy. The Lord spoke to you in privacy. The Lord told you what he wants to do with your life. The Lord spoke to you and revealed that big Massive vision, and it's not time to begin to tell everybody what God told you. It's time to keep quiet. It's time to pray and fast. It's time to seek the face of God. It's time to know how God wants you to walk this thing out. It's time to walk in the Spirit and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And when the manifestation of what God told you in private happens, people would know that the hand of God is upon you. You don't need to blow your trumpet. But no, some people want to blow their trumpet, tell everybody, everyone that cares to hear what God told them in private. And, and then they, they, they discover the more they talk, the more the enemy rises. The more they talk, the, the more the battle. Some of you put yourself in a battle you're not supposed to be fighting. Because you can't be, can be quiet. That's a good place to say, God help me. <laughs> <laughs> so they, 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 they go to the king and they say, yeah, we, we've seen a star. And say, okay, go and find out where this baby is born and come back, bring word to me, and I will also go and worship him. No, you don't want to worship him. Are you listening now? Tell me so that I can celebrate with you. Tell me so that I can rejoice with you. 
Verse 8 says, And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. They rejoice with exceeding great joy. Listen, the birth of Jesus brings joy. A Christian should be rejoicing. If Jesus is in you, you, you have joy. Christ in me, hope of glory. Come on now, say amen. amen. Christ in me is not depression. Christ in me is joy. He is the joy of my salvation. Can someone shout amen? amen. But you, you look at some people, my God. They look like they're sucking on, on, on vinegar. They, they look like they've been drinking, <laughs> sucking on lemon. You, you, how can you call yourself a Christian and look so sad? Huh? When they saw where the child was, they were filled with exceeding great joy. Not, not small joy. Great joy. If Jesus is in your heart, this is a week of joy. Not a week of, of sadness and gloominess and, 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 and sorrow. No, it's a week of joy. But Pastor God, you, you don't understand what I was going through last week. I may not understand what you went through last week, but I understand what Jesus has done. Can someone say amen? amen? And you've got to understand, it does not matter what you're going through. You can still have joy in the midst of turmoil. You can still have joy in the midst of the trouble. Can someone say amen? amen. Because the joy of the Spirit does not depend on what is happening around us. The joy of the Holy Spirit is in our spirits. Can someone say amen? Every born-again believer needs to have the joy of salvation. And you look at some Christians, they've lost it. And that is the reason why, before the service is over today, I'm going to invite those who have lost the joy of salvation to come back and get it back. They were filled with exceeding great joy. Praise God. They were filled with great joy. They were not filled with great sorrow. They were filled with exceeding great joy. Praise God. They were filled with great joy. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Great joy. Some of you look like you need joy. Let's, let's, let's start out with something before you get to where it becomes great. Because some of you... I don't see how you can get to great joy with the way you look. But let's start with something and then we will eventually get to great joy. Ha ha ha. You just start with something small, a trickle. Ha ha ha. Praise God. The Lord is good. And the Lord is with you. Amen. Don't look as if the Lord has left you. The Lord hasn't, he, he, yeah, he hasn't left you. 
He is with you. He said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you always. Even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. Listen, people, rejoice. Jesus is still on the throne. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. Jesus is still the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the King of glory. The first and the last, the ancient of days. The lion of the tribe of Judah. The rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. Come on now, say amen. Uh, he's still in charge. I don't know what you're going through, but he is still in charge. And everything will work out for your good. Oh my God, that amen needs prayer. Everything will work out for your good. Come on now, say amen. amen. Praise God. They, were, they, were, they rejoice with exceeding great joy. Mommy, just think about the day you gave your life to Jesus. I don't know about you, but I know about myself. The day I gave my life to Jesus, I was filled with exceeding great joy. And I still have exceeding great joy today. Amen. This thing does not dwindle. It does not fizzle out. For those who maintain a relationship and stay in the grace of God, this is not supposed to fizzle out or dwindle. This is supposed to increase. Can someone say amen? amen. And so, it's a good thing to have exceeding great joy. Verse 11, and when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. They fell down. Notice when we started reading, I told you, according to what the Bible tells us, that these men went to worship. Now we are beginning to see the demonstration of worship. I want to say demonstration. A worship. You demonstrate worship. One of the ways they demonstrated worship is by falling down on their faces and worshiping. And there are times in our time of worship when we, we realize the awesomeness of God that we fall on our faces and worship. I don't get it. Oh, I shouldn't say I don't get it. I get it. What I'm about to say, I understand. When people come into the presence of God and they can't worship. When people think that these guys that are up here leading worship are up here to perform. And all they do is stand there and spectate. Just look. And for me, before I get anyone here on the worship team to be a part of the worship team, I check them out from here. I check them out from here. I'm, I'm watching. They don't know I'm watching, but I'm watching. People indicate interest every now and then. I want to join the worship team. I don't have a problem with that. But I watch you. You know what, you know what I'm watching to see? How you worship. I want to see how you worship. To be on the worship team is not to play a set of drums or play the piano or play the guitar or sing. No, I really don't care about that if you are not a worshiper. I want someone that worships God. I want someone that understands the presence of God. 
I want someone that will bow before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I, I want someone that has the heart of a worshiper. Because it is when you have the heart of a worshiper, you understand who we worship. That's when the glory of God is re released. When you lead worship. No, people just sit there or stand there and they look, they watch, they spectate. Some don't even care about worship anymore. So they're coming after worship. And they deceive themselves to think, well, I can come in at uh, 11.50. By then they are done with worship and I can just come in and listen to the word. Or I just come in and do my Sunday, Sunday stuff. I'm going to clock in my card and clock it out when Pastor Godwell is done preaching. Listen, that's deception. We must worship Jesus. We, we must worship. And you can't worship if you have no revelation of who we're talking about. This is not a joke. We don't come here to look cute. We come here to lay down everything. I don't care how nice you're dressed. I don't care how your, your makeup, let the tears flow and mess your makeup, makeup up because you are standing before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When it's all said and done, your makeup don't mean nothing. You can go make up yourself after worship again or you go home and you wear another makeup for tomorrow. But right here in the presence of Almighty God, we're going to humble ourselves before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and understand that we stand before awesomeness. We stand before the glory. We stand before Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. We're not before a man to come here and look cute like you're standing or you are on a date with your boyfriend. No, you're not on a date with your boyfriend. You're here to worship Jesus. Everything must be perfect. No, not in the presence of God. Not for a worshiper. A worshiper cries before God. Come on now, say amen. amen. A worshiper prostrates before God. A worshiper don't, don't bother how he looks or how she looks in the presence of God. What is important is God's glory. It's God's presence. Well, what will people think about me? Who cares what they think about me? I care what he thinks about me. Not what people think about me. So I'm going to dance like David danced. I'm going to lift up my hands and put my eyes on Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I will look up to the hills. For my help don't come from man. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You, you can look at me all you want, but listen, in reality, you cannot help me. But I know the one who helps me. And he's the one that I must worship. I worship Jesus and Jesus alone. No, people come here. They want to look cute. They want to look. Nothing. My makeup. Everything needs to be perfect. My tie needs to be perfect. And another thing with, with worship. You see people sometimes in the middle of worship, they are on their phone looking on Instagram. You have no idea. Don't tell me you worship when you're on your phone in the time of God's glory and presence. You're on your phone. I went to this church. The worship leaders are leading. People are doing picture, a video. I'm, I, I was invited. If I was not invited, if I was the leader, I'm, I'm going to do something to somebody. How can in the time of worship? I mean, we, people are getting... 
telephone. They're, they're doing, everybody was on live. Everybody was taking a picture. Literally. You were there with me. You know what I'm talking about. Almost everybody was doing. Put that phone down. I'll break it if you. If you. That's, why, that's why here we, 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 we honor God. That's the reason why we do the announcements that we do. That's why. And people don't understand sometimes why we do the announcements. We do, we do the announcement because everything needs to be done decently and in order. We, we, want to, we want to promote the fear of God. We want to promote honor to God Almighty. Amen. Amen. Oh, see the glory of God. I'm taking the picture of the glory of God. Oh. If you knew the glory of God was there, you bite the dust. You wouldn't be taking the picture of the glory. Praise God. I can't put up with stuff like that. I went to this other church just somewhere out, out of the city. And I, worship time, I'm lifting my hands, worshiping. People come up to the altar. They had fla flags. They had piled up flags on the altar. So people were coming, picking up flags and waving them. So I was standing there. This guy was standing beside me waving. I was just thinking... <laughs> you this flag, <laughs> make sure this flag does not hit my face. Because I was there worshiping and waving his flag. I'm, I'm watching. The Bible does not say lifting up holy flags. It says lifting up holy hands. Lifting up holy hands. God's looking for those that worship in spirit and truth. Not those that wave flags. I was so irritated by that. Waving flags. And you were standing beside me even. May God help people. No, I started out by saying you've got to understand the revelation these men had. You, you don't worship a baby. But to show you they had revelation of who this baby was. That is the reason they traveled for three months. It was not an easy journey. Don't forget. They could be attacked. By bandits and by robbers on the way. They, they did not care about all those stuff. We are going to see Jesus. We, we don't care. Even if we are attacked on the way, we will accomplish our mission. And our mission is to see this king that's just been born. And we are going to bow before him and we're going to worship him. That was their mission. And so every time you come to church, you've got to make up your mind before you come. I am going to worship. You're not coming here to spectate and look around. You're coming to worship. 
You've got to make up your mind and understand that when you come to church, you're not coming to see a man. You're not coming to meet a friend. You're not coming to hang out. You're not coming to strike a business deal. You're coming to worship Jesus, the King of glory. Can someone shout hallelujah? hallelujah. That's why we come to worship. But you see, you can't really worship someone you don't know. You can't truly worship if your life is filled with sin. These are the things that hold people back from worshiping. Revelation of Jesus instigates worship. Revelation of Jesus instigates worship. When you know who he is, when you have a personal revelation of who he is, for yourself, it will instigate worship. I worship even with songs I don't understand. Because it's not about the lyrics necessarily. It's about the state of my heart. That is why I can hear a song that I have no clue about. But as long as it's an anointed song, it touches my heart. And I worship with it. And I lift up my two hands to heaven. And I put my eyes on Jesus. And there has been cases where in the cause of worship, tears begin to run down my face. The Father is seeking those that will worship in spirit and in truth. This is not fake. This is not a lie. This is truth. And it's got to come from the bottom of your heart. Praise God. Everyone say revelation. So notice they, they bowed before him. Fell down flat. Before a baby. There's something about this baby. There's something about him. God. And for those, my God, it, the more I speak, the more I get stuff. For those who would learn to worship, you would come into victories that nothing else can give you. You come into places in God where there are battles that God will fight for you just when you worship. You will get so lost in His presence. And none of the cares of life will matter. They will not even bother you. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look on his wonderful grace. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When you worship, your heart is completely connected to his heart. And his presence fills your room. Whether it's in your privacy or whether it's in church. All the worries of life just seem to fall away. They just seem to leave you. They just seem to not be there anymore. They seem to dissipate. They just disappear. Why? Because when his glory comes, everything of the devil must, must leave. Praise God. Your heart is hot. Your heart is on fire. You walk all over the place with a heart that's burning. Praise God. 
Come on now, say amen. amen. Come on now, say amen. I love this. This is awesome. This is so good. So one of the ways to worship Jesus was to prostrate, to bow before him, and to worship. Praise God. Are you going to bow before Jesus today? This is very important. Are you going to bow before Jesus? You see, it's, 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 this, it's this attitude where I, I, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about him. But dignity. What dignity? Who, who is talking about dignity when you stand before Jesus? Dignity. Dignity. What dignity? What dignity do you have? Huh? You, you've got no dignity without Jesus. Jesus is my dignity. Come on now, say amen. amen. What, what, man, what human dignity? You, don't you know, Pastor? Don't you know where I come from? Don't, don't you know my family? Who cares about your family? There is no family like the family of God. Come on now, say amen. There is no name like the name Jesus. Don't you know my family name? Don't you also know my family name? Come on now, say amen. If you don't know, let me tell you, I belong to the tribe of Jesus Christ. Come on now, say amen. I am one of his brothers. I hope you understand that. But when I come before him, I throw away every human dignity and I bow before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the King of Glory. And I say, Lord, you are everything. It's not about me. It's about you. That is worship. In the time of worship, some people are so conscious of the environment. Looking around. And actually, we, we need to get rid of this once and for all. And I know we are in the age of smartphones and internet and social media. I understand that. But get rid of every social media when you are before Jesus. Get rid of everything. Everything. Everything that will stop you, everything that will distract you from the focus, and Jesus is the focus, get rid of everything. My friend just texted me, it's important. It's not important. It is not important. Do you remember the days when we had no smartphones? You remember the days when, we, you, when you wrote a letter, you took it to the post office? You remember the days? Some of you were born yesterday, so you have no idea of what we're talking about. Uh, you remember <laughs> when you had to... Uh, Andrea, you know what I'm talking about, right? Good. <laughs> the days when you had to go to the post office, you, 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 you write, you handwrite. Everyone say handwrite. You handwrite your letters. That's why many don't know English today, because... They depend on autocorrect, of course. And the autocorrect sometimes is not very correct. They, they <laughs> That's why some can write with their own pen or pencil. Because they, they depend on autocorrect to correct their, their wrong grammar. And that's why they, they don't know how to write good English. And back in the days, you wrote with your pen. On a piece of paper. 
you, 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 you write down the address. And you bought an envelope. And you wrote the address where this thing is going to. And you buy stamps. And you put stamps on it, depending on the country. And you go to the post office and you stick it into that small hole. And then you waited for three months for a reply. <laughs> oh, yeah? No, you know what I'm talking You waited for three months because it would take a while to get there. I wrote to my friend. This was years ago. My friend was living in Germany. I wrote to him. And I got, the, I got a reply three months later. What will you do in three months? Wait. Patiently. Patient. Now, I'm not saying we should go back to those days. But think about when we did not have all of this. No, all of this. When we didn't have all of this, we opened our paper Bibles. The Bible does not say punch the scripture. It says search the scripture. <laughs> it doesn't say punch the scripture. It says search the scripture, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Now we live in, in a time where it's easy to find the book of Haggai. It's so easy. No, don't get me. I'm not saying we go back. But, but, but you just, you, there are things you just can alter with. You can't tamper with. You can't change. There is no way electronic Bible will take away from my paper Bible. It won't. Is anybody getting what I'm saying this morning? So they worshipped as they prostrated before Jesus Christ. Tell someone it's all about Jesus. All about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Ask the next guy, have you come to worship him today? Yeah, I know it's a season of giving gifts and receiving gifts. But the greatest gift is salvation. I say, I know it's a season of receiving gifts and giving gifts. My God, many of us will buy gifts this week and, and give to our loved ones. And we expect our loved ones to also, for our love, my loved ones to also hear me. We expect <laughs> our loved ones to also buy us gifts and give us gifts. You know what I'm talking about. So... I'm actually passing a message. So, um, so, you know, you expect. But there is no gift like, this, like, like Jesus. No gift like salvation. Can someone say amen? amen? For the Bible says, for God so loved the world and he gifted the world. He gifted the world with Jesus, his one and only begotten son. But praise God, is not the only begotting son anymore. There are many sons and daughters today. Ha, ha, ha. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, the bowed, the prostrated, they fell on their faces, and they worshipped him. 
Praise God. Now watch verse 11. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary's mother and fell down and worshipped him. That's, we've read that. And when they had opened their treasures, what did they open? Mm. They presented unto him gifts. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. Notice the gifts they presented to this child. These were very special gifts. Very special gifts. When you do a study on these gifts, you will discover that these were gifts fit for a king, for a priest, and for a prophet. <laughs> Revelation. These were gifts fit for a king, a priest, and a prophet. They knew who they were coming to meet with. Mm, they knew. This is not just a baby. Well, we, we go every now and then when people deliver. I, I will always make reference to this. You have a new baby. People come visit you. They come with diapers. And that's good. That's not a, nothing wrong with that. Pampers. Your baby needs pampers. Is that right? Huh. They come, they come with, with nice baby clothes. With all kinds of nice designs. They come with cute looking shoes. Correct? They come with all kinds of nice things. They, they come with your baby bed. They come with great stuff and you appreciate that. But notice what these men, they didn't come with diapers. No, they did not come with diapers. There was something they knew about this baby. There was something about this one. This one is not like others. There was, there was something about this new baby that's just been born. You come with gifts, feed for a king. Why? Because he was a king. And he is a king. You come with gifts that's, that's, that's suitable for a prophet. Because he was a prophet. And he is a prophet. Come on now, say amen. You come with gifts that's fit for a, for a priest. Because yes, he was the high priest of God. He was the one that went into the most holy place in heaven once and for all with his blood. So that the high priest in the natural will not have to go into the holiest of all anymore. Because Jesus the high priest has gone into the most holy place in heaven with his own blood. And offered on the mercy seat for the sin of the world. Now the sin of the world has been Atone for, for everyone that's born again. Your sin was not covered. Your sin was washed away. Your sin was erased. Your sin was removed completely. Because what Jesus came to do was a perfect 
work. He did not come to do what the priest did under the old covenant. When the priest would go into the most holy place once every year and would cover the sin of the people of Israel. And when next year comes, the sin is exposed and he must go back in again. Jesus came to do it once and for all. 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 And the sin of the world has been atoned for. All that people must do is come in faith and put their faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And when you put your faith in what Jesus has done, your sin will not be covered. Your sin will be forgiven. Your sin will be wiped away by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And the consequence will be removed. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. There is a consequence for sin. And the consequence is death. And that is death in every area of life. But Jesus came and took our place and died for us. The death that we were supposed to die. Now we don't have to die anymore. Because he said, I leave and you shall leave also. I leave and you shall leave also. He has given us his life and he has taken our death and he nailed it to the cross. Come on somebody shall praise the Lord. This is about Jesus. This is not about Santa Claus. This is not about a reindeer. This is not about a Christmas tree. This is not about wearing colors. This is about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. This is about the birth of the Son of God. Can someone say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 They came. They fell at his face and worshipped. My God. And then they brought him gifts. Another way to worship God is by giving. Giving is worship. Giving is worship. Giving is worship. Giving is worship. Giving is a show of love. Can someone say amen? amen. Gi giving is to show. Giving is a show of how much I appreciate you. Oh yeah. No, think about that with me. Giving is to show how much I appreciate you. And listen now. When you truly appreciate people, you give to them. But let me also explain. When you truly understand the people you are giving to, you give to them at a big, big, big way. Is that true? No, think with me now. You, you know there are people, when you want to bless them, you have to plan it. No, you don't just go with a pair of socks. As much as that needs to be appreciated, if that's all the person has, but you know what I mean. No, you don't know what I mean. And it, does anyone know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there are people, if you want to give to them, if you want to give, bless them, you have to plan well. You have to think through it. You have to take your time. 
and work, work at it before you bring it. And there's something about kings, even earthly kings. Don't ever go to the presence of a king empty-handed. You know what I mean. We are Africans. We know what we're talking about. You, you go to your, your African king in your village, you, you go with a gift. You don't ever appear before a king empty-handed. No, never. You don't do that. You, you take something with you. You take some, I want to say you take something. You take something with you as you go into his palace. A gift. And I can guarantee you, when you're going to see that your village king, you, you will not go with a pair of torn socks. You, you won't go with a pair of used socks. You will not go with a pair of underwear. You won't go in with, a, with an underwear. You won't go in with, you, you want to go in with, with something good. Praise God. So you go in and you present your gift. And when you present your gift before this king, you gain his favor. No, earthly now. I'm speaking earthly now. Speaking earthly. Before someone writes on Facebook or on Instagram that Pastor Godwill said, if you want the favor of God, give him money. That's not what I said. But I'm just telling you what gifts do. How gifts can open people's hearts. Do you even know? Let me teach you something here. For some people who are looking for opportunities... One of the ways to, to, to attract favor from people who are high and mighty is gifts. When you go to people who you, are, you, you believe sometime down the road, you would want them to do something nice for you. You go with a gift. You go with a gift. You know what? When you go in with that gift, they're always going to be thinking about you. Listen, I'm telling you, this is how, even in the natural, this is how things work. Don't sit there and criticize them. Go there and honor them. Give a gift. And watch. Watch. What's going to happen. Can someone shout amen? amen? So these men came. They, they bowed. They worshipped. By prostrating before Jesus. The baby. Right? Baby Jesus now. And then they bring gifts. Gold. Frankincense. And myrrh. And they gave these to Jesus. Today, we have the opportunity to give gifts to Jesus. Watch verse 12. I like this verse 12. This is my message for today, really. I can see. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a short offering message. But it's obvious this is my message. It's the story of Christ. On this festivity week. Watch verse 12. And being warned of God in a dream. That they should not return to Herod. They departed into their own country another way. Wow. You come to worship. You're going to hear the voice of God. 
You come to worship, you're going to get direction for life. You come to worship, God will deliver you from the plan of the wicked. Herod, listen, the plan of King Herod was if this man come back with a report, I would not just kill Jesus, I'll kill them too. That was his plan. But the Lord appeared to these men in a dream. After they had worshipped, the Lord said, don't go back to Herod. I am about to deliver you from disaster. When you worship Jesus, the Lord will deliver you from all the plot of the wicked. All the plan of the wicked will be revealed to you. You are going to be one step ahead of the devil all the time. You can't put a worshiper down. You can't kill a worshiper. You can't destroy a worshiper. Because a worshiper is always in tune with the Holy Spirit. A worshiper will always hear the voice of God. The angels of God will encamp right about a worshiper. The devil would plot and plan. Your enemies will cook up things and they will try to get you. But don't bother about them. Worship Jesus and Jesus will show you what to do about them. Amen. Oh my God, your amen needs prayer this morning. Amen. I said, don't bother about your enemies. Worship Jesus and Jesus will show you what to be done about your enemies. Jesus will show you, don't go that way, go the other way. Don't go back to them. Go that way. Don't do that. Do this. And I'm telling you, we've come to a season that I believe the Lord is going to speak to people divinely about what He wants them to do, about the path that He wants them to follow. Whether you are here in the marketplace, get ready because the voice of God is going to come to you as you worship Jesus. The voice of the Lord shall come to you and the Lord shall lead you and tell you what you must do. And as you do what the Lord wants you to do, you're going to see your biggest victory. You're going to see your biggest miracle you're going to see your biggest breakthrough in jesus mighty name if i'm speaking to you then let your amen be the loudest in the house hallelujah Hallelujah. the lord came to them and said don't go back to herod don't go that way this is what he wants to do to you the bible said the secret of the lord is to those that fear him. The secret. You think God reveals everything to everybody? No, no. The secret of God is, for, is to those who fear God. And the fear of God causes us to worship God. Praise God. So Herod is planning to take you out. Herod is planning to kill you. Don't go back to him. Now think about this. When these men went another way, Herod was foaming in the mouth. Herod got so upset. These men have betrayed me. These men have disappointed me. Now what did Herod do? Herod set out to kill. He was a killer. He was a murderer. He set out to kill. He said, I'm going to kill all these new babies. And he began to slaughter them. But while he was planning to slaughter them, the Lord came by an angel and spoke to Joseph and said, Take now the mother and take the baby and go. For Herod seeks to kill the child. 
Sometimes the Lord will give you a strategy on how to avoid the enemy. That does not mean you are afraid. <laughs> uh, somebody's going to get something from that. Sometimes the Lord will give you a strategy on how to avoid the plan of the enemy. That does not mean you are afraid. Come on now, say amen. amen. That only means that God is giving the enemy some time to change. And if they don't change, God's going to take care of them himself. Amen. There are some people. It's none of your business to pray they die. Don't worry. God will take care of them. That is God's prerogative. God will take care of them. Just you mind your business with God. You worship. You stay attentive to the voice of the Spirit. And the Lord will tell you, do this and do that. And go here and go there. And, and they'll be looking for you, but they can't find you. Can't find you. Can't find you. Praise God. Come on now, say amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. Now, but it's also important to understand the circumstances surrounding the birth of Jesus. Uh-huh. Here was Joseph, a young man. He engaged Mary. Right? She was betrothed to him. And one day she was minding her business. And angel Gabriel shows up. And said to her, Hail Mary, highly favored of the Lord. What? And begins to reveal the will of God. I want to say the will of God. Yeah. Begins to reveal the will of God to Mary. And the will of God was going to get her into trouble. Oh, you didn't get that. You didn't get that. Oh yeah, people don't understand the price Mary had to pay. This young man loved you and proposed to marry you. And you're going to show up and tell him, I'm pregnant, but I didn't meet a man. What? Suddenly, how? How, how did it happen? How are you going to tell a young man that has never touched you? That you are pregnant, but you've not even met any other man. You've got, no, listen, people don't get it. Today, you know what people do? Mary, Mary. People sing about Mary. People, Mary, did you know? People talk about all kinds of things that are said about Mary. People fail to understand the price Mary paid. People fail to understand what she had to go through. People fail to understand the, 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 the torture. Really, to be honest with you, in the soul, she had to deal with, how am I going to tell Joseph? How will he believe me? How will your fiance believe that you are pregnant when he knows and you know that you've got, you guys have done nothing? And then you tell him that I've not met any other man too. Now, you've got to understand also the society in which they lived. Not like today where people sleep with a lot of people before they marry. They lived in a very conservative society. You don't touch a girl. You don't touch. No, nothing like laying on of hands. Nothing like lips ministry. None of those. None of those. You waited. You got married before. Amen. I'm telling you, it, it was so strict. You started the Bible. Um, 
Everyone is an adult here, right? Yeah, you start the Bible. Go discover in the Bible, you would see. The day the guy marries the girl, they check her out if she's still a virgin. People are waiting outside to see. It's in the Bible. I'm not telling you, I'm not painting any story here that is biblical. They go in, everybody's waiting outside. And it's biblical. Don't look at me that way. <laughs> and it's holy. Don't look at me that way as if I wrote it. <laughs> it's in the Bible. They came out with a sheet to show that she is still a virgin. That's what they did. And if she wasn't, they cancel, they'll be she'll be killed. <laughs> so we praise God. You know, we can say praise God for today. <laughs> if you praise God for today, you should say praise God with me. Praise God for today. You say hallelujah. <laughs> no, praise God today. Because it's not the case anymore. My, my, my. So, no, what I'm trying to show you, it's the society where they lived, in which they lived. It was a very conservative society. And as much as we laugh about these things, it's an honorable thing. So don't look at me that way. It's an honorable thing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, so, so, Joseph, now Joseph is, Joseph now hears this from his fiance, and he, he himself is in a, it's in a tight corner because he was a good man. And the Bible says that he did not want to publicly embarrass her. He decided to put her away secretly. Joseph was a good man. But if it wasn't Joseph, if it was some other guy, oh, he would have made a big case. He would have told everybody. And Mary would have been in trouble. You know what I mean? So Joseph said, uh, listen Mary, just look. Look at my forehead. Do, do, you see, do you see stupid here? Look, Mary, I love you, but you've got to understand. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. So I'm, suddenly I'm a father of a boy, of a, who, a child that I don't have any idea of where it's coming from. Look, just go your way. Let me go my way. 
my heart to be healed. And I will find, I'll find myself another girl. Amen. I thought you were that pure. Oh, now, now I'm painting the story. You are seeing how it should be. Because we tend to read the word of God and we don't look at all the details. And we think, oh, Joseph just said, no, I'm not going to marry you. Go away. And then an angel said, Joseph, no, don't do that. Come on, take your girl back. <laughs> and we just run through this thing. And we th No, think about what they dealt with. That is why I'm saying to you, many just, oh, Mary, Mary, Mary. They sing about Mary, but they fail to understand what she had to go through. Think about family. So one day you showed up to your dad and your mom. You said, uh, mom, um, because the Bible makes it very clear that Joseph did not touch her until Jesus was born. So anyhow Joseph wanted to play this thing safe, it wouldn't be safe for him. Because he was taking on a woman who is pregnant for someone else. That's the way society perceived it. Don't get me wrong now. He was taking on a woman who is pregnant. A woman who he was engaged to. Now pregnant for someone else. And Joseph takes her. Now if Joseph wants to explain to society. Well I didn't do it. But. Joseph what are you saying? Who did? Now if Joseph says okay I did. It was a shame. That for Joseph, there was no escape. He had to deal with it. Oh, my God. People say, Lord, show me your will. Do you want to know the will of God? The will of God will cost you. The will of God, will the will of God requires that you pay a price. The will of God does not mean the moment God speaks to you, everybody will like you. The will of God don't mean the moment God speaks to you, it's going to be a smooth sail and everything will work out like you. No, sometimes the will of God, will, will, um, it will just shake up everything. It shakes up your whole life. Every time the will of God is revealed, it shakes up your life. Because here you are, want to go this way. God says, no, that's the way to go. Society wants you to go this way. God said, that's, you become an oddity. Mary, Joseph were oddities. In a very conservative society. So Joseph, for Joseph it was a lose-lose situation. No win-win for this guy. Do you get my point now? So, but he had to deal with it. So the angel of the Lord said, Joseph, take Mary. Take her. Don't divorce her. Or don't break up with her. Take her. Because that which is conceived in her is the Son of God. <clears throat> when this Son is born, Joseph, you name him Jesus. And the angel said, for he shall save his people from their sin. The name Jesus means salvation, Savior. So we see that the name Jesus is revealed or interpreted to us when the angel said, you shall name him Jesus for he is salvation. So she had to carry and give birth to this baby. And this baby grew up under Joseph's care. 
Can someone say amen? amen? Now, for Jesus himself, do you not think that he must have gone through some things when he was growing up? Other kids who must have heard of what transpired, no matter how Joseph may have painted the story. In a village, everyone knows everyone. They were not living in a city of 17 million people. They were living in a small town. In actual fact, Mary was a peasant girl. They were living in a small village. Did you hear me? Everybody heard everybody's stuff. Everybody knew everybody's stuff. Everybody knew what everyone was doing. Amen. So Jesus growing up. No, because I was, when I, I read the story, and all this thought came through me. What did his friends say to him when he was five? When he was six? His friends who grew up with him. Don't you know Jesus grew up with some other boys? If it was in our day and time, we could say Jesus was playing football on the streets too. You know how it is. When we were growing up, we played football on the street with our friends. We made kites and we... How many of you made kites? Exactly. We went out looking for birds to catch. Anybody had any childhood here? <laughs> and don't... Oh, my God. God... <laughs> Now, don't make us look old now when we talk like this. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. You know, and we, you, kids can still do these things today. You can still make kites. I mean, kites have flown all over the place. You know, there are still places where people make kites. But we did. I would make kites. And we, we, we had some knowledge of science. We knew where the wind was coming from. And we knew where the wind was blowing to. So we, we knew. And so we had to. And sometimes the kite got so way up there in the sky, we didn't see it anymore. And it just got lost. And maybe flew down to the next place and hit someone on the head. I did not know, but it just left. So Jesus must have played some games with people. And you know how when kids play, they fight. <laughs> Seven, oh, Pastor God, did you say Jesus fought somebody now? Well, I didn't say that. But don't forget he had a childhood. Uh -huh. I don't think Jesus at the age of five was reading the Torah. I don't think he was reading the Pentateuch, the first five books of Moses. Uh, I don't think he was reading it at the age of four or five. He was running around playing with other kids. Correct. You can't say correct. See, some of you are so... Are you still religious? <laughs> that you don't even see what I'm talking about here. No. Jesus had childhood. And you know, kids will... You... You took my toy. Give it back to me now. If you don't give it back to me, and they begin to tell you your story. <laughs> my mother said... <laughs> <laughs> I heard my dad and my mom, they were talking yesterday, and I heard what they said about you. Who is your daddy? 
No. Oh, facts. I'm giving you facts. These things must have happened. Because Jesus had a childhood. So let's not just, Jesus was always floating in the air, flying all over the place. No, no, no. He became the Christ at the age of 30. He became Jesus the Christ. The word the Christ means the anointed one. He became the anointed one when he was 30 years old. When John the Baptist baptized him in the river Jordan. Can someone say amen? amen. So it was one, two, three, four, five. Who is your daddy? Ah, and all those kind of things. Must have happened. I believe that. A price was paid. People would people will mock you when you decide to do the will of God. People would, people, some people, not everyone, some will mock you when you want to live for God. Some will call you names when you want to live a life that brings God glory. When you say, I will not follow multitude to commit evil, I will live a life that's totally sold out to God, my life will be an example. Of the believer in every area, people will mock you. When you want to pursue the plan of God, God will speak to you and reveal his destiny and his vision and his will for your life. And, and when you want to pursue that plan that God has for you, many, even some of your family members will not want you to do it. Did we send you to, to Europe to go to Bible school? Well, what are you doing there? Your friends are making money. You're going to Bible school. And people succumb to that pressure. But I pray you don't succumb to that pressure in Jesus' name. Amen. So, it's an amazing story. It's an amazing story and it's a story of Jesus. Maybe I'll wait to the part, I'll wait to Easter before I talk about his death. And resurrection. <laughs> Today we're talking about his birth. But you see, he lived for 33 and a half years and he died. The ultimate purpose why this baby was born was to die for the sin of the world. For this reason was the Son of God manifested. That he might destroy the works of the devil. The son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The son of man has not come to be served. But he has come to serve and to lay down his life as a ransom for many. That's why he came. 